Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody today. We have uh, we have some great things going on. This is kind of the transitional Sunday between 2018 and 2019. How many How many are ready for 2019? Give me a wave. Okay, some of y'all are just enjoying. I'm just loving it. I wanted to. Uh, take a moment and the title is what to do after Christmas for some of us. And I'm going to get into this in the story, but in the sermon here in a minute and some, some things I'm going to share, but we have a, I'm always excited to lift up, uh, and celebrate someone that is going to do mission work for the Lord. Of course, we all should do that when we leave here, right? And even if it's across the street, but we've got a young lady in our group and I'm going to ask her and her family to come up. And then if you're a friend or a youth person or or anybody like that, we're going to pray over her. This is, um, actually, if you go to the next slide, this is Carly Champ. And she is headed to Vancouver, Canada here in, a, I guess, tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, is uh, headed to do some street ministry with her school. And uh, it's called the One Mile of Heaven. It's a lot of temples and a lot of stuff up there. I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver. It's a diverse, very, very diverse town. Uh, but if you'd like to come up and gather around, we're just going to pray over her. We want her, the covering of the Lord. We want her church uh, to be bringing that, and you can be part of that as she travels. And so if you're a prayer warrior, come on up, or you can stay in your seat. We're going to pray over her and uh, send her out. And then when she gets back, I didn't tell her this, <laughs> Sneak, sneaky I am, is we want to hear her when you get back all that you did. Take some pictures or whatever, but... Take a few minutes and share with us when you get back, because God's going to do an amazing work in you, but also in all that you are up to, I'm sure. All right. If you'll just pray with us, bow your heads, and we'll pray over for Carly. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you have put on Carly's heart to go out, to go out in a different way, a way that's beyond the neighborhoods and the school that she attends. Father, you're taking her to Vancouver. And Father, we pray a protection over her physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But Lord, what we pray more than ever is that she would see you, that she would see the great and mighty God that she worships, working not only in the streets of Vancouver, not only in her team, but Father, in her heart and mind. Let her see things that she's never seen before. Keep her safe, bring her back, and then bring, her, bring the fire, Lord, back to this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Let's just give thanks to the Lord. Now, I want to propose something. If any of you ever want to just get prayed over, you say, well, all I am is a school teacher. Hallelujah. All I am is a businessman. Hallelujah. But if you feel like you're going into the mission field and you want the covering of this church in a greater way, can I tell you that's just as important. I think sometimes we think that you got to go out of this country to, for it to be counted by God or by heaven, and that's not true. I do ex- get excited for the faithfulness of some that step out of their comfort zone, but can I tell you, we all are called. Amen? Okay, n- nudge your neighbor and say, that means you too. All right. Some of y'all are really getting into that. Anyway. I wanted to also remind you uh, and also make available if you have not received the 2019 ministry funding booklet that we have, uh, wave a hand or make sure and stop by the information uh, counter and we'll make sure you get one. Next week we'll affirm that. That is a recommendation of the elders. Uh, This year it was a little less. uh, We used to hand out about a 35-page booklet and this year it's a little more thin, but you're going to hear more of that uh, in the weeks ahead. 
It's a good thing, very good thing what God's up to. Uh, I thought with this being the transition, okay, the transition of Christmas and the new year, that we might approach this a little differently. So I brought some non-very, non-very uh, scriptural stuff to share with you here. But no, it, it, we'll get into the word here in a minute. But I thought some trivia might be interesting. For instance, the first time that December 25th was a celebration of Christ's birth was actually in the year 336. That's 336 BC. And that's... Uh, I believe it was Constantine or somebody that, uh, and I'm not sure of that name, but anyway, that was the first time. There's a lot of other details on there I'm not going to repeat. I will say this, the first U.S. Um, Christmas, be- when it became a federal holiday, was 1870. Now, the Puritans and the Reformation, and, and there was a lot that were going on in the 1800s. In fact, it used to be thought that if you were a Christian, you shouldn't have any fun. I mean, you didn't party, you didn't get excited. You know, because that just was irreverent. And uh, thank goodness we've, uh, we've come a long way, baby. Isn't that what the, the saying is? But uh, a lot of that was the timing of when finally we kind of came around about 30, 40 th- years into it becoming a federal holiday. It became, uh, even when the candy cane became associated with it. Just some interesting facts. But here's some other things that I'd like to share with you. You may uh, find this relevant. And that is, I'm going to read you a couple of poems. And then we'll get into the scripture. "'Twas a night after Christmas when all through the house every creature was searching, both me and my spouse. The stockings, the drawers, we looked everywhere in hopes the receipts of our gifts would be there. When out on the lawn there rose such a clatter, I sprang from my house to see what was the matter. When what to my wondering eyes should I see but my neighbor, too, searching his trash can on the street. More rapid than Ingalls, he looked, but in vain. He shouted his creditors and called him by name. On Visa, on MasterCard, on Discover, I appalled. I've thrown away my cash, all the cash. Cash away, cash away all. He plunged, have you ever thrown away a Christmas card that had cash in it? Let me see somebody's give it, give it, okay. He plunged once again, he knew too well, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. And then in a twinkling, I heard in my head a gentle reminder from what he had said. I too was as guilty from my head to my foot. My conscience was tarnished like ashes and soot. I focused this season on presents and things and not on my family, my friends, and especially my king. I spoke not a word, but went through straight to work, ran into my house. I'd been such a jerk. I didn't think anybody would say amen on that one, but uh, her service. Anyway, right up, to my, uh, right up to my wife, I came with a hug and kissed all my kids right out, right on the rug. The night after Christmas is better, said I, than ever recalling a Christmas is Christ. In Christmas is Christ. The best of all gifts which to us has been given is Jesus who died for our sin, he has risen. That's not a bad, okay. It was, okay. So this one, though, this one you may not clap on, all right? Let me just, I'll just tell you up front. <clears throat> Twas the month after Christmas, and it's written by a lady, author unknown, so, I, so when you hear me use uh, the word blouse, you won't think it's me. Twas the month after Christmas, and all through the house, nothing would fit me, not even my blouse. The cookies I'd nibbled, the eggnog I'd taste, and holiday parties had all gone to my waist. When I got, see, nobody really starts laughing after about here. When I got on the scales, there, there rose such a number. When I walked to the store, less walk than a lumber. 
I'd remember the marvelous meals I'd prepare, the gravies, the sausage, the beef nicely reared, the wine and the rum rum balls, the bread and the cheese, in a way I'd never said, no, thank you, please. As I dressed myself in my husband's old shirt and prepared once again to battle the dirt, I said to myself, as only I can, you can't spend a winter disguised as a man. So... So away with the last of the sour cream dip, get rid of the fruit cake, every cracker and dip, uh, every last bit of food li- that I like must be banished till the additional ounces have all vanished. I won't have a cookie, not even a lick. I'll only want to chew on a long celery stick. I won't have hot biscuits or cornbread or pie. I'm munch on a carrot and quietly cry. I'm hungry, I'm lonesome, and my life is a bore, but isn't that what January, January is for? <laughs> Unable to giggle, no longer a riot, happy new year to all, and to all a good diet. Anyway. So, okay, nobody's life's changed yet, because the Lord, uh, scripture had been read, but anyway, I do have one more opportunity, and then we'll, we'll dive in. This is a video clip that maybe you'll find interesting. It's interesting what we attach to at Christmas. All right, that takes care of the back of the house. You want to you wanna go around and take the lights off the front? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, hey, by the way, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I don't know who'd get on that roof. You are awesome. Yeah. He's uh, is that the house you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. They leave their lights up all year round. They leave their lights on all year long. Here, check it out. So they leave their lights on all year long? All year long. And those bulbs change according to whatever holiday season it is. Get out. Can't wish I could. So like July 4th, those bulbs come red, white, and blue. Thanksgiving. Harvest colors. Halloween. Black and orange. Memorial Day. Camouflage. Yeah. Ow. Can't wish I could. I bet it's embarrassing for the neighbors. Oh, the neighbors. We're totally embarrassed. We complain about it all the time. Oh, and when there is no holiday season going on, those bowls become little red hot chili pepper lights. What? Yep. Give me one good reason why you should celebrate the pepper. (sighs) Can't wish I could. It's like your neighbors are Motel 6. My wife, she's always saying, let's just leave the lights on just a little bit longer. Let's just stay in the spirit of things. But when Christmas is over, you take down the lights. Am I right? I don't know. I'm not even the right guy to ask. I don't even put lights on my house. Why don't you put lights on your house? I'm afraid of heights. But the question is, why do you put lights on your house? To celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ, all that kind of stuff. There you go. That's your answer. What? If you don't want to celebrate Christ all year long, then take the lights down. That's not what I was saying. You're putting words in my mouth. You're siding with my wife. Hey, hey, I'm not siding with anyone. I'm, and I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you and God were, uh, you know... On the outs? Yeah. We're not on the outs. Me and God, we're very tight. We're very, very tight. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Prove it. Prove what? Are you daring me to leave my lights on all year long? Hey, no dare here. I'm just saying... You gonna let your little light shine? Wait! Man the ladder, my friend. What? Man that ladder. We're gonna get back up there and hang these lights. No, no, no. Oh, I was just kidding. Oh, yes. 
It is going to be a proclamation of my faith. Didn't you hear? I I'm afraid of heights. You're already up there. <laughs> honey, honey, get the apple cider ready. Put on the Pericomo records. These lights are going to shine. <laughs> get back here. These lights have to shine. So, okay, another uh, video clip that was a little... Anyway, but can you, can you uh, relate to what happens between Christmas uh, and this, the, the final day and celebration and then back to work on January 2nd? Can you relate about taking things down? I don't know about you. A lot goes on in that week. Everybody give me an uh-huh. So, so, you know, the, 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 the final meal... How many are still figuring out what to do with all the leftovers? I mean, things like that, that's important. You know, how much aluminum foil? Oh, we didn't buy enough. I mean, they're, they're, that's why they build all those little Tupperware things. You use them once a year and fill up your refrigerator. But, uh, and, and I don't, weeks before, months for some of you, you began decorating your house and your property. And then as soon as, I don't know, what is it for you? Shout out, what day is it that it's the day you start taking it down? Some of you are like, Christmas afternoon, you know, I mean, some of you leave it up the whole week. Some of you it's like, hey, it's good weather. It's the December 26th. Get the stuff down and in the attic. But it's, it's so much stuff that goes on. The parties are over. Really, uh, some of you may have family still at home, but many times family leaves shortly thereafter. And the Christmas that we built up and built up and built up to enjoy is over. And so I thought about what, uh, in this transition week, what, what is it that we could be about waiting for the 1st of January? I, I know that January is like a page turner. You know, you, you're going to turn the page from 2018 and now you're in the new year. And some of you do that all the way up till midnight and beyond. But anyway, there is this page turning event. This is kind of something new and resolutions come about and you make decisions that you're going to have the Merry New Year and Happy Diet or whatever that thing was, okay? But you'll make some resolutions. But I think in Scripture we can find what I believe we can do for the next few days until next Sunday, which is the first Sunday of January. And that Sunday, I'm going to really, God's stirring me up. There's going to be a lot of vision type casting and just some things that he's, he just kind of, I almost preached that today, but you'll have to come next week to hear that. But I thought, what is it that we should get, draw from scripture, especially as it's attached to the Christmas story that we could learn from. And so the first thing I thought it would be important to do is, is talk about Christ's arrival. We talked a lot, so I'm not going to give an exhaustive birth of Christ, but in the first chapter of both Matthew and John, you find this in verse 9 of John chapter 1, it says, the true light, which gives light to who everyone has come, I'm going to say come past tense, but was coming into the world. He was in the world and he was, uh, uh, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. We read that in John 1, 1, or, or in, um, uh, not John, I'm sorry, my brain has gone blank, but anyway, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word, anyway. It was, thank you. My brain just kind of went, I don't know, it's probably me coming off sugar I, and peanut brittle and that kind of stuff. 
So we've talked about that he came and it was real. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, and she bore a son and you'll, he, he shall be called Jesus. And, and, and we, we, we realized, and I know we had a great Christmas Eve service. I want to thank everybody that made that such a great service uh, and a great experience. Also that Christmas before that, the Sunday before that. But, but he came to what? To save who? His people. And his people is called the bride of Christ. And can you just look around and say, you're his people? And look over around you and just say, you're his people. Now, the reason I'm asking you to do that, there may be a guest here that doesn't believe that. And if you'll smile and turn around, at least they'll know we're goofy. Okay, you're his people. That is one thing that we can go, we are goofy and always changing. Yeah. To save his people from their sin. We go to John chapter 1, verse 14, and it says, And the Word became flesh. Uh, he became a human being. He dwelt among us. He lived for 33 years. He, he lived, though, uh, for 30 years without a very, it uh, wasn't much of a known ministry. He was just a, a young man. And, and there was the glory, okay? It says the glory is only what? The glory is only a son of the Father could have, full of grace and truth. And that was his attributes. He was full of grace. He was full of truth, and when we know the Lord and when he's in our lives, we find there's more grace in us as we understand truth. Interesting, if you really want to know this journey that uh, Mary and Joseph took, I'm kind of digressing briefly, but from Nazareth down to, you know, all the way to Bethlehem, he was born in Bethlehem. He was actually originally, or they were originally from Nazareth. He'll return there later, but it's about 80 to 90 miles. Now, can you imagine ladies pregnant? Riding a donkey, maybe it had air ride suspension, I don't know. For 80 to 90 miles, I mean, we're not talking about a light ride. Even if you're a horseman, uh, 90, 80, 90 miles on a good saddle is, you're going to feel it the next day. Tell me I'm not, does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. You'd probably walk a little funnier. Anyway. So what comes after Christmas? The Christ has arrived, we celebrate him. What do we do after Christmas? And here's what I believe we can do is, first of all, we had, they had some guests. Remember the guests that arrived? They had, the, of course, the shepherds in the field, and then they came, and then we had the magi. And so let's look at Matthew 2 and Luke 2, and it says in verse 70, and when the shepherds saw the baby, when the shepherds saw the baby, they made known the saying that had been what told them concerning the child. They basically just began to share what the angels had, had been. I believe the angels were present too as guests. But, and, and it says this, and all who heard it wondered. And I think we can glean from that. I'm going to summarize this up in a minute. That's the shepherds. Then later, we or a little later, uh, verse 19, it says, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising the Lord. So they, they saw the baby Jesus. And as they left, how many had family leave? They left, how many have left the, the moment of Christmas morning or whatever? And as they left, they were glorifying, praising God for what? For what they had seen, what they had heard. And can I tell you that there have been moments in these last seven days or last two or three months that God has been seen in your heart. How many have seen a work of God? How many have seen God doing something? And, and we, how many have heard coming out of somebody's mouth, you never thought they'd say something that sweet or nice, and you knew it was coming from God. It had to be you know when we've seen and heard great things maybe it was in the the, the candlelight service maybe it was something you heard on the radio or a, or a song and there was something heard not only in your physical ears but in your spirit and you knew it was of God but they kept talking about it they were glorifying that they were praising that and that was the shepherds 
The Magi, and a little later on in Matthew 2, 11, it says they went into the house and fell down and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped and brought their treasures and offered gifts and gold and frankincense. They, they brought sacrifices and, and blessings to, to the, the Christ. So what, can, what do we do after Christmas? This is the first piece of this. First of all, we can treasure up the things we've heard. Treasure up is different than putting them back in a box and in the attic. Treasuring up is remembering, and I'm so thankful for uh, every now and then Facebook. You know, I, I know not everybody's on Facebook, but uh, about the time I learned how to do Facebook, everybody got off of it. So anyway, but every now and then it'll, it'll roll back three-year-old three year pictures or something from time, and I go, whoa. And I got blessed uh, even this Christmas, thinking, wow, that was three years ago. And, and yet think of the moments in your kitchen, the moments, now not the moments in the parking lot at the mall, but anyway, there were special moments that you could say, wow, those were great. But you know what the world will do? What the devil will do is you've got so focused on getting back to work, you got to get the house back in order, you need to get things put away, you need to restore the house, we need to get things cleaned up because we need a little normalcy around here because that's just been way too much fun. And so we've got to, and we'll miss the moment that we had that was so sweet. But if we ponder it, if we treasure it, and and, 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 and what we've heard in our heart, and, and we begin to worship and glorify, see, when you come to church, it's not about singing songs. When you come to church, you should have been worshiping all week long through the reading of Scripture, through humming a tune, to just looking at and, and gazing from a mountaintop or as you were taking a walk and saying, glory be to the Father. And you look and see that creation is beautiful and you, you have legs and you have lungs and you have eyes and you just worship Him. And then when you get here on Sunday, the music just creates the atmosphere where you can just continue your worship. But so many times we want to come in and say, now, Pastor Tyler or whoever's leading worship, stir me up. It's up to you to see if I had a, you know, that wasn't my song, so I didn't worship. I don't know what you're all talking about. You know what? That's not up to him to cause you to worship. You're worshipers, and all he's doing is trying to set it, or whoever's up here, is to set an environment. But you know what? I can worship in silence, and I can worship in any kind of music because I am a worshiper. And I love what Dusty Throckmorton used to say. He said, you know what? It doesn't take much to get my worship on because my tender's always dry. You know Dusty plays the sax. He's there to worship, to glorify. That's what we can do after Christmas. To praise God, not just for the 25th, but praise God from all blessings flow. Praise him. All creatures here below. Y'all want to help me finish that? That's a doxology, by the way. Praise God from who? Okay, never mind. Let me go on. I didn't do that in the first sermon. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. So we had, we had company. I just got off track. So we had, a, we had company. They've gone. We can learn from that. Then there's a following or the lead of the, of the Father. It's following forward in my thinking. In Matthew chapter 2, we see uh, in verse 13, it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Hey, 
Lay down the remote. No. Hey, <laughs> take your child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I, until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for your child and destroy him. I love the fact that, that Joseph, even in the midst of, imagine what's going on in that town. Imagine what was going on and is still going on in your world. He had, it was a, remember they went to what, to, to register in the tax. And so it's like going to the state fair and you can't find a parking place or something. But anyway, and all that's going on, your wife's pregnant, you had a baby. You have these really weird shepherd people that smell like sheep come in and visit you. You know, you got this crazy thing going with angels and mad. And isn't that crazy? But he could hear God. He was able to hear in a dream. Can I tell you that I believe God is pouring out dreams over you right now? His people. And I believe, especially going into 2019, I want to encourage you to say, God, give me a fresh vision for my life and my purpose here on earth. Give me a fresh vision for my family. Lord, get put dreams in my heart. I want to listen, Lord. I know it's busy and noisy and I've got to pay the first credit card bill. But Lord, I want to hear you. And when you... Get yourself ready. It says we do not have because we do not ask. When we, when we seek him, when we seek him, we'll find him. I'm loving it that Joseph could hear him, even though all that was going on. And so what did he do? He gets up and goes. Verse 4, and he said, he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoke to the prophet. Out of Egypt, I call my son. And in fact, they stayed there about four years. How many times do you have a plan and you really want the answer right away? How many have asked God for a result or a resolve? Or, or maybe you just say, look, Lord, I want you to just tell me all the way to the end the whole story. And he says, uh-uh. He says, what I want you to do, since you've heard me, is I want you to go this far and then wait for me. I want you to go this, but Father, I want to do more. You know, I can see what could be. My wife always gives me little ideas, and before I know it, I wanted to franchise it. She said, I just wanted to just share this idea and not make it, you know, you know, have operational handbooks and everything. No. Anyway, so you take it and you wait. I love what it says in verse 19. It says, but when Herod died, behold, another time he's listening. Behold, it says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream in, uh, in Joseph of Egypt. It says in verse 20, saying, rise, rise and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And what did he do? He said, I'm really busy. I'll have to check my day timer. No, he said, rise up and go. And so it says, and he took he rose and took the child of his mother, and he went. There's so. Can I ask you, you to think about something before you get to the page-turning event of January 1? Build some margin. Everybody say margin. Margin is putting a little, just slivers of time along the way so that if something doesn't go as planned, you got room to react. You got room to pause and pray. You got room to hear God and make some adjustment. And he said, he rose and took the child. And let me tell you what, and I, and I love this, this thought here, okay? How many times have we created a plan? I'm kind of going back to when he had to go and wait four years. He didn't know it was going to be four years. How long is the, so, you know, this or that leader going to stay in place? I don't know. Have you ever had a plan though? And it falls apart. Have you ever had a? I, it is crazy. We're like, oh man, it all fell apart, and I had it was supposed. And you know what? I was on the way to Israel, 
and my flight missed connections, and I spent 13 hours in an airport, hallelujah, going to the promised land, and my plan got messed up. Actually, while I sat in that airport after I, you know, snacked and nibbled and did everything you can do, 13 hours is a long time, and then you ride a big, long airplane ride for 18 hours, whatever, but I met some people that I would have never met before. I met some people who were Dutch. I met some Germans. I, I met some people, that, that, and, and they weren't going to Israel, but they were in that waiting area. And I began to talk to them. They said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Israel. Oh, why? Are you going to see the archaeological, co- you know? No, I'm going to go walk where Jesus walked. I'm a stu- studier. I'm a student of the Bible. I love the Lord. I'm a pastor. We got to talk about Jesus. And here I'm talking with international people. I took a mission trip in the airport. And see, sometimes our plans, when we think they've fallen apart, actually that wasn't the plan. That was part of the plan God had all along. So when we go to 2019, put some margin in there and begin to look for the Lord and the things of the Lord. Another piece of trivia, just to give you a little bit of idea of the traveling. If you look at the top of the map, you'll find Nazareth. A little yellow circle, and you come down to Bethlehem. That's that 80 to 90 miles. That'll give you the idea of how far it is to Egypt. So when he picked up his wife and son and went to Egypt, that's a long way. And then they stayed in this land far away from where they were raised and then came back, that second trip back, all the way back up to Nazareth. Just thought you might want to know. So, So what do we do after Christmas? From this text, we can... Listen, we hear and hear that the best thing we can do is be listening for God's whispers, for God's dreams. We should be asking, and then we need to respond. We need to respond so many times we hear him and we go, but that doesn't fit into my, my plans. But the Lord is prompting your heart, and I believe for some of you, God is prompting your heart to take steps and directions that maybe you say, well, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. Respond. And then when you get partially in, into the place you're supposed to be or whatever your response is supposed to be, then be steadfast. Man, that is the hardest thing for us, isn't it? To say, I'm going as far as he's called me to do. It doesn't seem like this is the finale. And I'm kind of a little impatient because, you know, we got things to see and people to go in places. To, you know, how many of you find yourself a little nervous when you have to wait? But God may be saying, get ready because I'm going to pour something out in front of you or through you. I'm going, to, I'm going to touch your heart. I'm going to touch somebody through your life. Be steadfast and remain steadfast because of who I am. Then there's this growing forward. In Luke 2, we kind of lose this part of the scripture because we finished the Christmas story. Magi have gone home. Now what? It says, and when they had performed everything. And see, really, Mary and Joseph had a lot to do. As soon as the baby was born, and within the first eight days, there was a lot of steps that had to be taken to purify Mary once again. And, and there was a circumcision, and, and there, were just, there was all this stuff that had to be done. So their life was busy too. But, but it says here that when everything had been performed according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee into their own town of Nazareth. And here's the important part. This is number four, and it says, and the child grew. I want you to say that word with me, grew. And I want you to look to your neighbor and say, we need to grow up. 
Because that's what this is saying. He grew and he became strong and he was filled with wisdom. And when I see people who are growing in the Lord and becoming strong in the Lord, you know what I see? Wisdom. And I tell you what I also see, and that's the favor of God. Because you're doing it God's way. And you're moving with God. And, And so here we find, even out of this, what can we do after Christmas? We can grow up. Can I tell you that I know adults who are spiritually no more mature than they were the day they said yes to Jesus. Oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Yeah. Because the Bible tells me so. And their theology is great because it is simple, but they've never decided to grow. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'm serving in the church. I've been in this church 25 years. But it says grow up. 2019, God's calling me and he's calling you to grow up to be in the word, to be strong in the Lord and to be filled with his wisdom, pushing out this worldly stuff because he's up to some great and mighty things. How many agree that God wants you to grow? How many know that you still got room to grow? I'm not talking about the cheese ball dip, okay? No, he wants us to grow. And you get in the word of God. You begin to get in doing life with other people, talking about the word and what God's up to. You pray and you see and you watch and you wait steadfastly. You worship, you praise. God is up to something mighty in your life. This is not just me preaching at you. It's something I'm proclaiming over you. And if you're in agreement, just say amen. I think God is going to do something amazing in your life if you let him. But here's what happens. I read an email from somebody the other day, and it says so many times people are wanting the supernatural to happen or something great of God, but they're not willing to sacrifice for it or step out. Is that truth? It is. So this transition message to you is God has got an amazing future wonderful, many wonderful things in our past. We don't want to forget that. We want to build upon that and thank God for that. But as he has us turn around, God has this finish line figured out for us. He sees us whole and complete. He knows your wobbles and your oopsies and the, and the immaturity or whatever's going on. And he loves you anyway. And he says, I'm, I've already sent you my spirit. Receive him through the acceptance of Jesus Christ. And get into my word. I want the best for you, not only today, but in the future. And more than, more than ever. And I want people to know I am God. I'm your Lord. I'm your Savior. And he'll do that in your life if you let him. Because there's more people that need to see him. Now, I've got a challenge for you, though. If you've not said yes to Jesus, you don't have what it takes. You can't have any of the stuff I've been talking about. And I don't mean, I've studied the Holy Spirit. I've studied Jesus. If you really have never said yes to Jesus, and here's the litmus test. If you know today, you get out in the parking lot and one of those crazy Baptist or Method apostles or whatever we have here, we have all kinds of folks here, run over you in the parking lot and you get to see heaven quickly. Just be praying. We we could have a resurrection service right out here. on. (laughs) But let's just say you had a momentary uh, encounter because it says everybody will kneel before our Lord. And he says, will you come into the, to heaven and spend the rest of your life up here? If you don't know that for sure, then maybe you need to check that. Because you're going to spend the rest of your life somewhere. 
either in heaven or in hell. And folks, what God wants, we pray this prayer. He taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. And that is going to be ultimately when he returns. But there is, there is a, the, the wisdom and the favor of God that we just saw in Scripture that Christ became here on earth. You got it starts with him and so i just encourage you it can be today it can be tomorrow it doesn't have to be at a church service and it doesn't shouldn't be just because i'm asking you to but if you've not said yes to jesus and he's prompting your heart the sooner the better and once you believe in your heart and profess with your mouth that he is lord that he went to the cross for you to die for you to pay for your sin debt and open up an eternity with in heaven forever once you believe that, it is so. Go see a pastor. Go see a teacher that we've got here. We'll explain more, talk through any questions you might have. But you don't need them to say yes to Jesus. You just need him and a heart that turns to him. And with that, that's the beginning of a greater 2019. Let's all stand. Debt free. We probably will see things that we've expected and then we're going to see things that we haven't expected because he's in charge amen and i know he's calling more importantly the people in this church he's calling you to be a difference maker through his spirit because of his son so let's pray and we're going to go take the mission field for jesus okay let's pray father thank you thank you that today you remind us to be mindful and ponder, to worship, Lord, to, to praise you, Lord, more. Father, to be listening and asking for you to put dreams and visions in our minds and in our hearts. Father, to help us be steadfast. Father, to love others as we love you. God, I pray for this body and I pray that if there, anybody doesn't know you, that today they'd say yes to you. They would step forward and receive the greatest gift and prize ever, and that's the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us now go as believers, growing up in you, Lord. Let us go and make a difference in this world by carrying your mantle, carrying your spirit with us. Let us be a witness to this world that you are still king and you're our savior and let us do that for your sake. And God's people said, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed. Hug somebody or knuckle bump them or something and tell them you appreciate them. God bless. <laughs>